0: Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. Today, I am honored to have psychic William Stillman on the show. William is the internationally known award-winning author of the Autism and the God Connection book trilogy that explores aspects of spiritual giftedness in many people with autism. Since 2004, William has worked professionally as a psychic and spiritual counselor. His accuracy in discerning the truth and making predictions that come to fruition has been acclaimed by his clients as truly extraordinary and ranks at 90 to 98% accuracy. William says, I prepare for my work as a musician or vocalist prepares for a concert or an athlete trains for a marathon. I just love that. Welcome to the program, William.
1: Thank you for having me. Yes.
0: And I can... I had a reading for my listeners um, the other day with with William, and I don't say this lightly. It, it was one of the most awakening, wonderful readings I've had. So I just wanted to just wanted to throw out throw that out there. So I got to know you a little bit a little bit then during during that reading, but you got to know a lot more about me. So
1: well, the funny thing is, Marla, um, I. I couldn't tell you what we talked about. I know, yeah. I I develop an almost um, instantaneous amnesia about uh, probably ninety-five percent of what I do.
0: Right. Um,
1: so maybe that's the work of some sort of spiritual buffer. Right. <laughs> so I don't, you know, become uh, depleted uh, of of all energy. It, as soon as it comes out, it it's gone, and I don't remember right. anything.
0: which which is so, not only interest but interesting, but is really a part of knowing that it's just not only is it validating, but also that it just goes is says something for the reality of it too. In my mind, anyway, that may not make sense, but in my well, mind. well, my
1: anyway. philosophy is that I don't take personal credit for yeah what it is that I do because it doesn't come from me, it comes through me.
0: Right, right. So William, um, today I wanna talk to you, a lot of my listeners have never been to a psychic, or do do you use the word psychic or medium? Because I know they're two different different things.
1: That's a good question, Marla. And um, perhaps there are people who are listening who are themselves uncertain of the distinction between the two uh, words. Um, A psychic is someone who can give you uh, intuitive insight into any aspect of your life, such as um, your career, your family, romance, um, maybe help you to identify some gifts and talents that you may have, and possibly make some predictions for the future for you as well. A, A psychic medium does all of that as well, but can also tap into the... Soul or spirit energy of loved ones who have passed from the physical and are in the heavenly realm. Yes. So it took me it took me a long time to embrace the word medium for myself because I felt as though it had um, very uh, serious and lofty expectations attached to it, and so it took me some time to feel comfortable saying that I'm a psychic medium, but I can say that now. Yes.
0: Yes. Great. Well, thank you for that, for that explanation. So can you, and I also know you use the word spiritual counseling, which I, I love that. I love that term. And um, can you tell us a little bit about what that is?
1: Well, uh, it, it's sort of expanding upon something that I just said a psychic could do, which is Uh, helping to identify gifts and talents that people have we we all have gifts and talents and if we're fortunate we are able to parlay those gifts and talents into um, a vocation to you know earn an income and sustain a living doing that or to an avocation but I also firmly believe that we all have spiritual gifts and talents with which we've been blessed and um, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is to help people to identify what those are or to identify what their, their, their stations in life are, and then to create uh, or draft a, a blueprint for how best to move forward through the employ of those gifts and talents or those stations. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, you have free will. You can do with this information what you will, but it's very rare that things fall into our lap without any effort and so what i'm projecting for you is if you choose to take advantage of this opportunity this is what i see happening coming to fruition for you uh and the folks that come back to me um even if i don't remember their session and what we talked about i know they did something because they walk in and they're just they're radiant right and, and they start talking about how they did act upon the blueprint and the plans to move forward, and how everything is just manifesting beyond their expectations and That is so satisfying and gratifying to me when people take to heart and and make productive use of our time together Yes,
0: absolutely wow how how fulfilling for you so well for for everyone involved. So, so William, how did you get started in this in this work? Just briefly.
1: Well, I I only started doing this when I was in my 40s, believe it or not. So I, I took a very uh, circuitous route getting getting to this point. Right. I had um, I was an extremely painfully exquisitely sensitive child and when you are that open particularly when you're a child because you're you're closer to having been a soul than to being a human yeah. being for being so new to the world uh, when you're that open uh, you can attract all kinds of stuff uh, good bad and indifferent and uh, i had a lot of very strange and unusual things happen around me and to me as a child and then because i was so sensitive and and gentle, you know, you reach a certain point around 10, 11, when your peers start to become very sophisticated and they uh, develop clicks and they start to become a little bit more self-aware and then judgmental and critical of others. And so I was uh, definitely odd man out at that Mm. point. um, I became the object of uh, ridicule and uh, verbal abuse and physical harassment. And my speech and my body language were openly mocked and mimicked in front of uh, adults, teachers and cafeteria staff and, and school bus drivers and so on. And really no one did anything to, to intervene. And so the message that I was given was, you know, buck up and, and snap out of it or deal with it. And I, I couldn't, I, I was too sensitive. And so unfortunately what happened was I began to reflect back what other people were projecting right. upon me. I didn't, I didn't have a court system. And I didn't. I associated God with um, one day a week for 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expand the concept of God beyond the confines of a place of worship, and so uh, the abused became the abuser, and I became very uh, deadened and ugly and hard and cold and. Uh, Behaved in a way that is unlike who I am now. So there was a point in time at which I decided I don't want to behave like this any longer. I'm tired of being cynical and um, judgmental and um, uncaring. And I reconnected with the source of my spirituality and reconnected to God. And once I made that commitment, everything shot through the roof. I was on the fast track and I made up for decades in about three months or less. Wow. And it was, it was an extraordinary experience. I was receiving very powerful dreams every night. I was being given problems to solve in dreams of a spiritual nature to, to, test, to test my mettle, but also to see if I could uh, handle what was coming. In the future right. I was also being shown um, various facets of people's behavior and, and misconduct and uh, it, it started spilling over into real time also
0: well well moving along I know just for you to have gone through all that now it the one word that came to me after our reading and I know I emailed you right after, and it just came from above. It was just like integrity, you know. You you just have so much integrity, and I'm not saying that the other you know readings I have have not, but it it was just it was different. It just felt different. So, can you tell us a little bit about before you even begin a reading or a session with a client, um, what you do?
1: Yes it's not even so much what i do right before i go into the session i'm in spiritual boot camp every day so it's not the mindset that i bring to the session it's the lifestyle that i aspire to yeah. because i from you know i don't i don't watch other psychic mediums i don't read other people's works i only compare myself against myself and I have very high standards in terms of authenticity and accuracy. And for me to be able to bring that to each client, I have to be as pure and clear and clean a channel as possible. So when I say I'm in spiritual boot camp every day, I'm talking about maintaining three aspects of my personhood, three domains my mental, emotional well being, my physical well being, and my spiritual well-being and addressing those three domains through the lifestyle so if if i may explain what that means to folks absolutely uh, the mental emotional is obviously i'm prone to depression and post-traumatic stress disorder because of uh, the experiences that i had in my youth
0: Right.
1: so i need to be mindful of uh, preserving the mentality of glass half full instead of glass half empty that I had been for most of my life. <laughs> uh, it also means I don't deceive other people through lying, not even what other folks call white lies. It's not part of my repertoire. I, as a general rule, I don't curse or swear and use that language in, in co- everyday conversation in the way that some people do. I um, occasionally relapse because I'm human, but <laughs> I, I usually don't use that kind of language and I, I don't think it's, you know, I think it's very uncouth. Yes. And I also need to be mindful for what it is I allow myself to be exposed to in terms of viewing matter, so I don't become overly corrupted. You know, there's a lot of things that I avoid, like, you know, I've never seen an episode of The Walking Dead. I don't watch true crime shows or they're reenacting brutal murders, things of that nature. The physical domain is I don't drink or smoke. I've, I've never touched an illegal substance in my life. I have a little orange juice with breakfast, and then I only ever drink just water, if you can imagine. And I've been vegetarian for over 25 years now. And I exercise every day. I do 50 push ups every morning. I work out with weights and I go for walks. <clears throat> and then the spiritual domain is over the course of a given day, I create opportunities to express gratitude and praise to God in prayer because I feel that I have been ridiculously and outrageously blessed and privileged uh, more than, more than my fair share, very clearly more than my fair share. And the older I get, you know, I'm, you know, nearing 60, very, (laughs) in the very near future. And the older I get, the more I realize how, uh, how very unusual that is, Yes, very unusual. To have always been insulated always protected to have always um, enjoyed good health I've never had an operation or been hospitalized or been in a serious accident I've always had money when I've needed it and that comes with responsibility that kind of good fortune (laughs) comes with a great responsibility so I I make a habit of expressing to God every day that I am so grateful and appreciative and I accept The mantle of responsibility that I bear. One thing you don't know about me, Marla, is that I'm able to um, remove pain from people with my hands.
0: Like energy healing?
1: It's, I don't know what it is. It's my own, my own brand of doing it. And it takes about five or 10 minutes. And I yank it out with my hands.
0: But can you do it? Do this long distance too?
1: I haven't done that. Yes. I haven't tried. That. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if
0: that's possible, right. But
1: I suppose it could be. It's all just working with energy. Yeah.
0: Wow. Interesting.
1: And so I've had people come to me with canes and walkers and walk out. Wow.
0: Wow. Well, I know you. You talk about the secret language of spirit, which is always, you know, we all love to <laughs> love to hear about the secrets. So tell us a little bit about how this, you explain it um, when you're receiving messages from the other side, a celestial version of charades. So how does, how does, I love that, the way you put that. Tell us about that, how it, how it comes to you.
1: Well, the secret really isn't a secret because it's hiding in plain sight. (laughs)
0: Right, right.
1: You know, if you're attuned and aware and you're conscious, there are all sorts of little, you know, checkpoints and, and little hellos that are around us throughout the day now uh, some people go way overboard with all of this stuff and and they spend all of their time becoming so preoccupied with looking for those things right. that they they become untethered and they start to float away and the reality is we have to live in this world and we have to stay grounded yes. so the beauty the beauty of those signs and symbols and signals mm-hmm. is that um, we don't have to look for For them they will find us right they will find us but really what i'm talking about the celestial charades is the way in which i receive information during a session or doing working with an audience for example and i'm imagining it's no different from any other psychic medium it's just a magnification of all the senses or the clairs yes what listeners might know of as the clairs clairvoyance, a clairaudience, clairsentience, clairgustance, and clairalliance. So it's it's like spidey sense. It's a magnification of all the senses. Now, as someone on the autism spectrum, I probably had a bit of an edge over the average person where all of that is concerned because I already think in pictures and movies in my head. That's just how I think naturally. So it's not such... A great stretch to go from that to being inputted and downloaded with visuals yes. because it's how I think anyway and then the, the, the other piece of that is um, my my entire physiology my senses and my emotions have always been vibrating at a frequency higher than the layperson so again the concept of receiving that input through the magnification of the senses isn't such a great stretch, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm very fortunate in that I have all the clairs, not just yeah. one or two. Wow! Yeah,
0: wow. That's really interesting because um, I've always, as I've explored more about, um, um, you know, the autism spectrum and and other, you know, Down syndrome and and some other some other gifts of children, I will say, is that they do, they, it seems that they are living at such a higher frequency, such a higher vibration. And, Mm -hmm. um, that's, I've, I've never heard that explained that way. Wow. I
1: want to give an example of what that might look like because, um, and this did, this did stick in my memory. Just a couple of days ago, I was doing a session uh, for a gal, but oftentimes before, uh, reading with a client, I'll, I'll start to get a little something. Right. And I was shown a Big Mac hamburger from McDonald's. Now I've been vegetarian for a very right. long time. but The last time I've had a Big Mac was probably, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they were good back then though, weren't they? I'm pretty much a vegetarian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: But, so that's an example of clairvoyance. I was seeing it, but paired with that, I was also getting clairalliance, which is I was smelling Mm -hmm. it as well. And the curious thing about all of that was the Big Mac wasn't literal. It was symbolic. So I asked my client, who is Mac? That has passed on. And she said, My father, it's an abbreviation of our last name.
0: Wow.
1: And so as soon as we made that connection, he's right here next to me and he comes barreling through. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fascinating. I mean, that's the that's an example of celestial charades. And 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 my job is to decode the hieroglyphics and then translate that into language that people would understand. Yeah.
0: Wow. It's amazing. So I know that you talk about, and and you're actually going to come back on um, our show with Rebecca and talk about, um, talk about some things together. And one of them is what is the heavenly realm? What, what is it like? Because I know you've said that you've experienced vivid glimpses of what you can only deduce the, de- deduce is that the word <laughs> to be deduce, yes yeah, to be <laughs> well, as the heavenly realm
1: yeah the operative word there is glimpses glimpses uh, because uh there's a certain point at which there's most definitely a firewall yes <laughs> it, it's as if they're saying mm, no you're not supposed to see beyond this point right, but um, right so I've, I've had little flashes of it. And it, uh, in that time when I was on the fast track toward, you know, evolving to the place where I am now, I, I absolutely had a very vivid dream in which I was on the outskirts of that realm. And I've been there two or three times. And the the neat thing about it is that it it's identifiable and relatable to us. It looks like landscape that we would know to recognize. Right. So it's not overwhelming. And nobody looks like a movie star, which is also very comforting. Um, people, you know, people are very average and ordinary looking. And I'm sure that's, you know, that's probably all a compassionate accommodation for us. And it's probably also why we're not allowed beyond the firewall, because in order to see beyond that firewall, I think then you have to be in a state of consciousness beyond what the human brain can wrap itself around. Right.
0: Right. Which we've, I've heard a few people, not many that have had near death experiences that have, you know, actually gone over to the other side even more. And, and that makes, that makes a lot of sense. What about the colors? well
1: everything is just magnified and and much more vivid than we experience here is what i remember right. so i remember i remember for example looking at this gorgeous cascading waterfall and just by looking at it i i was part of it yeah. so i i that's the only way i know how to describe it it was the the most unusual experience I just by looking at it I I could merge with it and became part of it it was extraordinary and you know all of the senses are heightened of course so um, and I I also want to let people know that we don't lose our identity right and I think there there's a little bit of fear factor I think some people have with that and I want to let people know you will still be you and you take the best of who you are with you, uh, so you don't lose your identity, you don't. there's nothing to be afraid of with that respect you you'll still know yourself and you will still be you
0: right and have the memories of hmm. of your earth earthly life
1: Have the memories of your earthly life that are but one chapter. Of many. many experiences yes,
0: many lives yeah I love it when you say in soul form we re- retain the wisdom of early lessons learned as well as the best aspects of our personhood in short I believe wholeheartedly that our consciousness outlives our physical form you do not need a body to exist rest assured you will still be you
1: you don't need a body to exist. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's the great debate of, but among uh, believers and knowers versus skeptics and so
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. So um, tell us about what happens when someone, um, someone in this earthly realm just thinks about the person who has passed, how that communication would, um, happen with myself if I wanted to to communicate and just thinking of them what what happens
1: Mm -hmm. well it's curious because you know I let people have one session a year with me
0: oh really
1: oh absolutely and I'm very strict about that and I have had people beg and plead and no no you get one a year that's it um and there's a couple reasons for that the first is I don't, uh, we need to allow some time for some of the things that were predicted to sort of manifest Manifest. and come to fruition and give it, you know, some time, but also I don't want to create a dependency issue either. And I have had so many people's loved ones come forward to say to them, you don't need this man to connect with me. You have my, you have my ring. You have my watch you have a memento uh, that I held or touched or wore and when you make my food from my recipes you know all of this high energy thought and emotion associated with those memories cuts a path right through the ether and connects with the highest vibration of the soul energy and I, I wish more people were understanding of that because they would then be more susceptible and open to feeling those loving presences around
0: them right
1: instead of my job's to work myself out of a job yes instead of coming instead of coming to me
0: Yes, that makes sense And I think you're right if if we can all just be more present and quiet and open that, the messages are, are there there for everyone. Very true. I also love that um, you talk a little bit about modern science, how it gives credence to our individuality as spiritual beings having a human experience. And you go on to talk about how each one of us are, I love this, assigned a note or a vibration on a musical scale. Can you just speak to that? about modern science and giving it credence to us as spiritual beings.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably a reference to us all being unique individuals by virtue of our heredity and our genetic makeup as reflected in our DNA. Yes. And I think that it is an earthly version of that mirrors our, uh, the composition of our soul.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so i've always said i think that the soul is the the invisible equivalent of musical dna right and that we all hold uh space for a note or a vibration that is uniquely ours and we we alone can um evolve or devolve that frequency based upon our good works and the contributions that we make to elevating the frequency or the devolution of that note right and there's most definitely color associated with that so for example um, a damaged soul someone who has in a bad person and committed bad acts uh, their their energy is going to be of a very low vibration frequency and the colors associated with that are going to be uh, very dark and muddy for example someone who is leading an exemplary life and has committed to doing good works and charitable acts and is filling filling up the space that they occupy uh, such that they are honoring their existence is probably you know beautiful um, blues and greens and purples yeah. and violets and and the frequency of the soul is vibrating um, in a unique way but you know we're all that's not a judgment we're yes. all at different point, we're all at different points on a learning curve right. so sometimes people will say to me well you're getting my mom but is my dad with her and i'll say well he he wasn't as far along in his understanding as mom was so i i'm not i'm not suggesting that they're not together but think of it like being in the same school building but in different classrooms right. like they they're i'm sure they're aware of each other and uh they metaphorically pass each other in the halls but i they might be in different groups right <laughs>
0: right that that's a very um nice, good way to explain it yes interesting so I, I love when you talk about um, the Hall of knowledge and you referred to Ed, Edgar Casey in your in your work which we don't really need to he was a beautiful um, medium and brought forth a lot of great works a long long time ago but tell us a little bit about this this hall of knowledge because I'm personally very excited about that <laughs>
1: Well, what's really fascinating, Marla, is remember, I I said, I don't socialize or commiserate with other people who do what I do. I just do me. And um, I really have made a point of avoiding reading a lot of other people's um, written works. So I, there have been many things that I have seen, quote unquote, that um, I only after the fact realized other people who do what I do have seen as well. So that's a nice validation. And, and one of them has been this um, space that to me looks like um, a circular room that is a library that goes up as high as the eye can see. Yes. And, you know, absent a physical form, you, you go where you need to go just by thinking it and, and feeling it and sensing it. So you can, you know, go up <laughs> to whatever tier of this you need to. And it I've also had people's loved ones talk about it, especially the the men who have been um history buffs. They love it because what they show me, and I'm sure this is all you know metaphors in the way that we would understand yes. it. but what they've shown me is, for example, a fellow who's um a civil war buff, for example, he shows me that well I can. Uh, I can access the library and check out a book and it's like the books in the Harry Potter movies where the the pictures are alive and not only that you can insert yourself into the situation Story. that you're seeing so it's like time travel in essence and what they also show me is you can observe the the scene as it's playing out so you can you can be there as an observer and they say we always get to see where the history books got it wrong which is so fascinating oh wow,
0: fascinating
1: but you can also very discreetly blend or braid your energy with that of any number of the participants so that you like the waterfall, right. and being with the waterfall, you can experience the event from any number of perspectives. Even the the trees and foliage that are there, wow. uh, and so that's been fascinating to see and very exciting to, to it know. It sounds like about. so much fun. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm hoping it's all legit, and because I'm I'm excited to travel back in time for a lot of different yes, things.
0: Yes, yes. I myself have had loved ones come through in a reading um, and talked about. They they didn't call it the Hall of Hall of Knowledge, but it's all about learning. You know, learning lessons lessons of love, if you will, and mm. and that's just so so interesting and exciting. So. How has this work changed William Stillman?
1: I think it's probably had a dramatic change on me and who I am. You know, I've been doing this for close to 20 years now. I've been self-employed for 20 years. I, um, I quit my job on the strength of a very powerful dream that was answered. Uh, prayers were answered in a dream and, um, Gave up work, gave notice at work the next day. Yeah. It was extraordinary. Oh, wow. And um, I, I, I see clearly, I'd like to think without sounding self-aggrandizing, I'd like to think that I have really grown a lot in this lifetime and in a short period of time. Uh, I envy people who had a much better understanding of self at a younger age mm-hmm. than, than I was. But um, I'm also living proof that it's never too late to to learn and to grow and to evolve and I am nothing and no one special I will not be glorified by anyone and we all have spiritual gifts and talents yeah. now you you may not be uh, cut out to do exactly what I do but that does not negate the potential for you to employ your spiritual gifts and talents in other ways and within the circles in which you move
0: Right, right Absolutely. So, William, what are your? We have to wrap it up here, but uh, gosh, I could I could talk to you forever. Um, what are sort of your not sort of your words of wisdom to to our listeners, just about living living now and being alive in this earthly realm?
1: Never ever take for granted or underestimate the power that each one of you has. To forever alter the course of someone else's life through this, what seems to be the simplicity of uh, a gentle smile, a kind word, and a thoughtful deed. It it matters. Yes. It matters. It makes a difference. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, William, thank you so much for being on the show today. And if if people want to find you, um, where would they, where would they do that?
1: They can learn more about me and uh, my work and all of my books at WilliamStillman.com. I would also like to encourage people to take a look at my Facebook page, which is William Stillman Psychic Medium. And as we said, every day I put up an original inspirational quote that I get in my prayers and meditation time and I match an image to go with that. And also people might enjoy looking at my YouTube channel, which is William Stillman, because there are excerpts there from um, readings that I've done with people in groups. And there's also a series of videos there in which I went to uh, the Gettysburg uh, Battlefield and other locations around Gettysburg with a man who wrote a book about Gettysburg. And uh, he was able to, you know, verify and validate a lot of what I was picking up from the environment. So those oh, are kind of
0: Wow. I was watching your YouTube videos yesterday, but they were they were shortened vers- versions of readings. But I will definitely watch the Gettysburg one um, because that sounds really fascinating. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. And I will see you again soon um, with you and Rebecca when you come, come back to the show.
1: Yes. Well, thank okay. you for having me. Thank
0: you, William. Bye-bye. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you.